Welcome to another episode of Me, You, and Jeju. How's it going, Alexis? Good to see you. It's been a little bit of a spell. Yeah, we took a little break there last week, but uh-huh. we're back. I'm doing pretty good. It's spring on Jeju, so I'm I'm stoked. Fant, I love this weather. This weather. Yeah, you makes messaged me... me the other day, and you were just like sunshine. I was like, oh, grumpy. Grumpy <laughs> is not around right now. It makes me so happy just to be outside Same. in this. Same. You it know? is really, really nice, and I'm I'm just loving it. And it just sort of came like real quick too, didn't it? Yeah. So I think we can count on this. I doubt there's going to be any more cold spells. So yeah. I think we're good. And I'm not sure where, what about where you are, but where I am, um, it's also like the season where the tangerine flowers are starting to bloom on the yeah. orchards. And I got like orchards yeah. all over the place in Jungmu. Right. So everything smells like citrus. It's amazing. No, we have the really bad smelling trees up here in the city. Do you know those trees that just have a really funk to them? <laughs> no. Yeah. So we we got no we got no citrus trees oh. up here. Well, everything smells like uh, like it, like an orange up here, down here. It's well, pretty, pretty great. I'm jealous. Yeah, en- enjoy your time there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we are, and I am. So, what's uh, other than the weather? What have you been up to? What's Nothing been going much. On? I camp, not camping. Sorry, uh, hiking. Uh-huh. Still trying to do as many orms as I can. So uh-huh. it's just been nice, just trying to enjoy the weather. Did a right. couple drives, some sunsets. It's been really nice. Oh, yeah. Well, I noticed uh, last episode we were talking about, you actually were making fun of people talking about uh, seeing the dolphins down in Musurpo. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned. That I've never seen. And the day after we were, were done recording, I see you on Instagram posting pictures from a boat, no, video from a boat. Yeah. Like, of dolphins. Right. So, I mean, uh, nine years and I've never seen a dolphin and everyone will just post like, look at the dolphins out mm. in the water. And I'm yeah. like, where? And I've never <laughs> seen them. But so I decided to take matters into my own hands. And for my friend's birthday, I took her out um, on a boat uh-huh. and we went dolphin watching specifically. Oh, so cool. How was that? I've never, like, like a whale tour or something. They have stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so cool. So cool. It was so nice. And so they don't chase the dolphins. They just go to a section and mm-hmm. then they just stop. And then tip, um, there were so many dolphins, it's crazy. And then uh, they just sort of look for them and find them. And then the dolphins were playing and swimming with the boat. It was really magical. I'm so glad I did it. I was always told you have to go like to Musselpo at like six o'clock in the morning to see them, right? But you, you didn't do or that. Or dusk or something. I don't mm. even really know how it all works. But I also was told, oh, it's always at this time and this mm. time. But I don't care. I've never seen them once. And so being out, we went, um, we went noonish i think or like in the afternoon and had no problems that's fantastic How yeah was well, it? we were thinking about doing a sunset so i think we ended up doing like um a two o'clock or something like that and mm. no problem seeing there were so many of them how long was the 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 trip the uh, the longest part was getting to the dolphin area i guess right. they were like found where they were at that point and then then went there and we just stopped so i guess all in all it was maybe a little over an hour or so that's it we, huh? I will just say we, we did not stay out there very long. We saw the dolphins. We, mm. you know, pictures. Everyone was really excited. And then we kind of just pretty much turned around and went back to the port. You know, it's not your whole day. That's great. No, no. And it was just, it was magical and everyone was happy uh-huh. and that was it. And then you're off the boat and moving, moving along. I got to do that. I didn't know they had that here. That's such a great I think idea. your daughter would love it. Uh-huh. It's really fun and magical. It did was really windy though. Of course, JG wind. Yeah. So, uh, it was a little bit precarious, uh, holding my phone to get the videos uh-huh. while I'm holding onto this boat. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. But uh, it was fun. Anyway. Did you, did you get seasick? No, I don't really get seasick. I only, when I was in Hawaii, we went whale watching uh-huh. and that was, uh, 
that was the only time I really got seasick, and that was pretty rough. But I've been on a boat here in Jeju numerous times and never had an issue. Okay, yeah. No, I I don't I'd, know why though. I'd get seasick. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm well then don't about don't, the... don't go on this. It was uh, <laughs> very choppy. Yeah, yeah. It's a new thing. Uh, last couple of years, I I had to do an interview. Uh, there was a an older couple who had like going around the world in a on a on a boat. I guess they called them yachts, and it wasn't that a huge yacht. And they came to Jeju. And oh, that's I to... so. I remember that story. Yeah. yeah you... So they took you out? Uh, no, I just did. We just did the interview on the boat and the in the in, on the dock, and so it's just sitting there, and they're fine. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to get off this boat, otherwise I'm gonna just vomit everywhere in this guy's boat. <laughs> and you're like, this, I'm done. I'm done. We gotta take it to the land. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. It was it was awful, but yeah. you know when you go fishing here, they give you uh, they'll give you drinks beforehand. Uh oh. Uh... Like, like so if you want to take a boat out to the ocean, they'll uh -huh. give you like a, a a drink and then you can guzzle the drink and then you can get on the boat. Oh, like an elixir. It's like part to, of the service. To, to <laughs> settle your stomach. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. I, I, oh. I'll i have to see if they sell it at the local GS25 in Jingmoon. And, yeah. <laughs> nice plug. I like it. That's our local sponsor, everybody. So on this trip to see the dolphins, did you uh, perchance see... A coffee shop or stop anywhere for coffee along the way that is a good question no we did not this trip but but where we took the boat was in fact a coffee shop mm. the boat slash coffee shop right on the water so people come there uh -huh. just to just to have coffee and, and look at the scenery uh -huh. and you can also take the boat are so, you a, do you drink coffee are you a coffee drinker? no i i i really dislike the cafe culture and i don't drink coffee <laughs> what, oh what do you mean you don't like cafe culture like in I general just don't or like, Korea? Uh, everyone, i i don't i don't like going to them i don't like being in them i i don't like uh i well it's just really interesting on and version. then all the students will go there for hours and they'll uh -huh. hog they'll take all the tables and then they'll put their bags on the tables and go to dinner for two hours and they're just holding their table i don't know i just don't like it okay okay <laughs> Now I sound like you. Yeah, you know, you come up, Alexis, grumpy Alexis, go over coffee shops. I know everyone's uh, always like, "What?" That doesn't even. But I really, I just dislike it. I don't know why. Because uh, uh, when we when we got here like a, a decade ago, yeah, the, the only place I could get a proper cup of coffee uh, was like a like a drip coffee. Which McDonald's. I, well, we didn't even have McDonald's then. Oh yeah, so we didn't have McDonald's. Yeah. It was it was a Dunkin' Donuts. That was the only place you could get it. <gasps> and but it's because everything was like the the mixed coffee, which I. Is repulsive to me. It's sugar okay. and but all the older Koreans really love it, right? Like that's okay. their drink. And then yep. Americano, which is not my cup of tea. Yeah. But mm -hmm. now there's like you can't go five feet without hitting a convenience store and a coffee shop. Um, a million of them. It is absolutely crazy. The yeah. island just the landscape has changed so much because you'll be on the beautiful coastal road that used to have nothing but fields and mm. and ocean and sea, and now there's 10 million coffee shops. Right. Well, you know how like a couple episodes ago we were talking about how bars and places were closing down because of the pandemic, yep. right? Yep. Well, apparently one of the businesses that have bloomed on Jeju during the pandemic have been coffee shops. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. how much I dislike them. Uh, uh, yeah, that makes me irritated. Well, the National Tax <laughs> Service like released information that said coffee shops on Jeju in the last year grew by 23%. The number of coffee That is madness. 23% they grew by. That's madness. Yeah. So, um, and that's 284 coffee shops. So now there's, oh, there's 1,517 coffee shops on Jeju. 
1,517. Official. That's a fan. That's a fantastic factoid, Daryl. Good job with that one. <laughs> oh, that is, you know, that's that's a really high number, mm. but I'm also a little surprised it's not more. Like when you just like even going to like, you know, through AWOL yeah. or over to, um, uh, you know, the Gim Young and past Gim Young, mm-hmm. uh, Wuljung, Wuljung mm-hmm. Root Beach. Yeah. You know, it's just all cafes. And I feel, I feel like there's a hundred just on that beach. I wonder how many are missing from like how they're defining specifically coffee shops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. There's gotta be more. I I like, I'm like, wow, that's a lot, but also a lot. Right. But But when you're like, and when you can, like you just said, every two steps, Mm. every five steps is another coffee shop. So when you can just walk in a normal neighborhood, like my old neighborhood, and you can see 10 of them, Mm. you got to wonder, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And that's that's one coffee shop for every 199 households on Jeju. I also like that fact. Well, Good based, job. based on the fact this that this is just you're just making me grumpier about it. I'm not going to lie to you. Now I'm now. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I trust the numbers, but I also, like I said, I think there's more here, right? You know. I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that they're growing when people have been spending so much time at home. I think well because t- tourism has dropped drastically, right? Right. But right. there's still people who have been coming to the island from the mainland. Ton of people, yeah. right? And so, and and coffee shops are a huge like Korea drink. Koreans drink like an obscene amount of coffee these days, right? Right. Like according to 2018 statistics from Hyundai Research Institute, um, they adults drink about 353 cups a year of coffee, which is oh. more than it used to be. And um, I, I think it's also indicative of like people coming to Jeju, right? Like people yeah. want to, the, the scenic, the the more like the sitting down and the walking the around. The Insta, Insta cafes. Yeah. They can take uh, take their selfies at their cafes. Exactly. And like how many people have you met that are like, I want to come to Jeju or I want to be here and I want to open a cafe? It's like everyone's dream. Oh, I have a lot of friends that own cafes. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Not just I think a lot of people that. from Seoul came down and invested into doing it. And they do, it seems to me like I've, you know, I had a couple of friends that had cafes and they doesn't, if it, they go bankrupt, it goes bankrupt. And they're like, oh, well, we gave it a go. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's odd. I, I, I know. But, uh, but that's true. There, I've seen a lot, quite a few people do that. And I've also spoken to a lot of people who are like, I want to become a barista. Like it's like right. a cool hip thing it's, to it's be very now. Very popular classes here on in Jeju mm. is to take barista classes. Very oh, popular. And hand drip. I used to think that was such a like a like <laughs> like a a I don't know like a fad. Hipster? Yeah, very hipster. <laughs> like you, you get a, a good friend of mine, Brett. He used to take us to this coffee shop, and it it take him like twenty minutes to make to brew us this hand drip oh, coffee that's that took like seven. Like it costs like a. Manon, right? Ten bucks. And then you get it. Ridiculous. Give me a beer. (laughs) Yeah. And it'd be like room temperature because it took so long to room to to make it. Did it taste good? I I mean it cost me ten bucks. Mind blowing. Right? Like so I'm already Yeah. I mean the the scene is great. Do you have a favorite coffee shop on Jeju since we're talking about it? Well, I do. I have one in uh Shin Jeju. I just like the owner and she's got um she filled it with plants. Mm. So I like her and I like her plants and she has really good tea. Um, So I'll go there occasionally. But like I said, it's just not it's not something Mm. like I don't I prefer to go sit in a park with a friend than be like, let's meet at a cafe. That's just it's just not something I do. Right. Yeah. Well, there's there's one in Jungmoon I quite like. It's called Cafe Manu. And it's it's like walking into my aunt's house 
like farmhouse back in Canada, right? Like it's it's got all okay. these antique furniture, spoons on the wall, like like the collectible spoons, and <laughs> it, like there's dresses that are antique Ugh. dresses. It's 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 kind of odd. Yeah, it's kind of odd, but I really love the owner. The owner's really really sweet. Yeah, same same with me as the owners make it right. Yeah, but it, that just sounds like people go there just for the instas. The Insta stories and stuff, sure. I feel like. Yeah, I'm not sure how popular it really okay. is, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but Man, if you can get if you can get Instagram famous here in Jeju, your your business is going to be golden. Yeah, no kidding. No. Yeah, I have no a friend kidding. that owns a cafe out in um. Mm. What's the what's up behind Humdok? What's that town? Uh, it'll pop into my head. Anyways, sure. they have a really famous cafe because they have a massive picture window behind the sofa and it looks out over a field of wheat and a really old barn. Right. And you'll see that all over Instagram. People come from all over just to sit on that couch and take a picture at that window. <laughs> it's crazy, uh, but they they do, they do great business. So yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. A, there's there's quite a few coffee shops that are literally made around taking photos. The, Absolutely, uh, coffee's coffee Absolutely. for the most part, yep. right? Yep. Except for except yeah. for my place in J, uh, Jungmoon, they have very special coffee there. They they even have the coffee that the 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 marsupial the 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 animal that eats the beans and poops it out, and then you take the pooped out beans and you turn it into coffee. He actually has like, that there. From that's from Vietnam, right? I I don't remember. Mm. I just I just thought of it now. I'm like, oh, and it's it's not. It's it's quite expensive, but I had yeah. to try it. It's 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 fine. It's nice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the it. Coffee. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> great story. Great story, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So the, you know the uh, the other thing that is quite important that we actually should talk about. Okay. Um. Especially since we're running out of time, we have a we have an interview coming up. That yeah, we've got to get I'm to. looking forward to this interview. Uh, um. Fukushima. Have you heard about what's going on with Fukushima? With the water and the really yeah. Yeah. So this, this is kind of this is kind of a um, controversial subject because you know the news and what uh -huh. the media is saying and what what's really happening and things like that's been really interesting. I don't know a lot, but uh -huh. what I've seen, I'm just like, huh, what what's true, what's not true? Right. Well, it's it's interesting to me. So for for backstory for people who don't mm -hmm. know, uh, like a week two weeks ago, Japan has decided that it's going to release uh, contaminated water that will be treated into the ocean mm -hmm. uh, in two years. 2023 is the date uh -huh. that they're going to start releasing the water. Now, the water itself that is there, it's groundwater that has come into contact with the uh, damaged reactors and other things at the site. So right. this isn't water that's been sitting around necessarily for eons or right. Right, from the accident or whatever. It's right. groundwater that continues to become contaminated because the because need, yeah because right. but because they need to get rid of everything right right so they've been pumping this water into tanks that sit on the that the, that are there they're, they're like okay. huge tanks and they have about okay. a thousand of them and they're okay. about at capacity so that's why they need to figure out what to do with this water and because wow. the, the tanks themselves uh a take up too much space b to prevent them from decommissioning and so, and oh, like in breaking down, basically. Yeah. So we don't want that. We want to do something with the water in a chosen way versus mm. an accidental. Yeah. Okay. And so the the, the company that is behind the well, the government that's behind the the Fukushima decommissioning of the the plant, they had like five options, and there was the water one, uh, which is just treating it the best they can and then releasing it into the ocean. Um, that okay. is the approved okay. option. Okay. Right. But this is causing okay. 
big problems on on Jeju actually. Like people are protesting the uh, protesting this at the Japanese embassy that's here. So, um, were you here when the tsunami happened? The tsunami, the earthquake, tsunami, the disaster, what the year horrible. Was it? 2011. No, I was just moving here. Uh, I remember people were already worried about the fisheries then. Right. Exactly. Right. People, exactly. We do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, people were worried about the fisheries then or eating fish from Japan. And yep. It's That's in- a big subject right now. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting that it kind of brings up old wounds between the two countries. Definitely sparking some more uh, tension. That's for sure. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh, well, and well, what's it called? We the get Korean- a lot of our sushi, our sashi, you know, don't we get a lot of our fish from Japan? I, you know, I'm not sure. I don't like know. the tuna and stuff. I wouldn't I'm be surprised. Sure I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. but I don't, I don't yeah. really know about that. Um, the Korea Herald had actually an article that came out, I believe today. Uh, they didn't source where they, their numbers came from. So I couldn't ver- like check them independently, but okay. they, they said that once the, the water is released, it'll take 200 days before it reached Jeju between wow. 200 days at the earliest, 280 days, so around like less than a year after it released to actually start affecting. I don't know if it's going to affect Jeju, right? Because well, that's they, the other thing. They said that. I mean, the articles I read, I mean, you know, again, like it's it's a confusing subject because environmentalists are really upset about it. Mm-hmm. But what I've been reading is that it really is not going to be an issue. I, I guess we'll find out. Nuclear, anything to do with nuclear. Like I, when I lived in Canada, I had to cover nuclear power for. Um, oh, yeah. Because of the town I lived in, they had a nuclear power plant, and it's really, really controversial and really, uh, yep, complicated. Yeah, it, it's not an <laughs> it's, easy. Yeah, exactly. There's there's things to it. Uh huh. Like it's yeah. it's it's very complex science, and if yeah. you really want to get into it, right? Right. And, and so the, you have the America said they support the releasing of the water. Japan's plan. Uh, yep. Other companies have uh, other companies. The uh, <laughs> Ato- International Atomic Energy Agency said they they accept it. Yeah. Uh, but Korea is very upset about it. Like even, I believe the minister, one of the the ministers, have said something. Jeju governor is quite. Uh, he's made a couple comments about it. Even going oh, back. Has he? Yeah. Even going back years, back not maybe not years, but like months when before the plan was even announced that this is what the, Japan was going to do. They, he, they yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting. So when uh, when was the projected date? You said 2023? 2023. So we still have two years before they go through through with this, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem what I've read. It does it definitely does not seem like it's going to be something that get their minds are not going to get changed. Uh Uh-huh. That's no. what I, oh, good yeah, point. It's, it's, it's happening. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. I thought you were talking about like people who are against it too, right? Like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, as yeah. much as the protests are happening, I, mm-hmm. I get the impression when I was reading stuff is, is that it's not, even with protests, it's mm-hmm. not, it's going to move on. Yeah. I, I believe, I think you were right about that. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, and even fisheries said like the people that were, they, they interviewed people in the article, uh, we'll link to it. So you guys can have a look to it. Uh, look okay. for it yourself. Um, they were saying, like, even if the water is fine, people are going to be worried about eating fish that are caught from Jeju, just I, as like a brand ugh. new thing, right? It's such a and and you know, fish 
fish here in, in the part of the culture mm. is a really big thing for tourists. I mean, it's a massive thing to go to the Henya restaurants, mm. to go and eat Jeju seafood. It's a booming industry here. So mm -hmm. that would be worrisome in 2023. Yeah, the, the fishery industry employs like some 9,000 people. <laughs> Right. So that's like 9,000 people in the fisheries yep. industry. And it makes yep. like $1.2 billion a year for Jeju. Ooh, you got to get ooh, all these facts. I well, like it. it, it I, I mean, research. It, if, if I don't come with facts, what good am I? <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is. It's your thing. And I really like that. Okay. So hit me with those numbers one more time. Okay. So the fishery industry employs about 9,100 people. That's amazing. Right. Okay. And it's uh, equivalent to about 1.2 billion US dollars a year. So I think it's like 1.3 trillion won. That's a massive industry. Yeah. yeah. So this would be, this is a big deal. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, even like scuba divers. Like, how is mm -hmm. this going to affect the scuba diving industry? If, I didn't if, really think about that. Like, are you going to want to get in the water and just be, like, down there for an hour? Yeah, or, or even, like... Seems like, it, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I never even thought about that. Oh, how many other industries are going to be worried about, like... Well, the surf, surfing is surfing. a big thing here, right? And Swimming, I well, guess, Well, just our normally. beaches alone, people come for our beaches. I mean, wow, that's, yeah, it's a big deal. And, and, and even if there is no problem with the water. Right. Because it's still that because like if you're, you know, why take the chance? Right. You know, like if mm -hmm. you really do believe that there's it's it's the wrong decision if you're an environmentalist mm -hmm. and you really in your head, you're like in your heart, you're like this. This is not good. Mm -hmm. Then you're certainly not going to take the chance and be getting in the water like you used to, you know, yeah. and and, yeah. and the thing that JJ needs is more protests. Right. Not that I'm against protests, but like it's just there's a there's lot a of lot protests. Here. We should have a we should do an episode on that. Like all the, you know, there's there's always a protest going on, like the roads, yeah. the yeah. naval base, the you know, like there there's yeah. uh JG knows how to protest yeah, well, very Koreans well. Koreans do. Koreans know how to protest too. Yeah, right? Oh gosh, you remember when Park Geun-hae and every weekend the Koreans mm. were going to the uh here even on the islands, but in yeah. Seoul, that was a phenomenal something to see yeah like all non-violence mm -hmm. millions get taking to the streets with their candles and so i have never those pictures mm -hmm. that came out from that time that was amazing amazing and, and they're very well trained like they, as riot police or as like protest yep. police they're very but it's well all very non-violence it's all very organized it's all very and then they go home mm -hmm. and then they came back again the next weekend mm -hmm. and then they did it again the next weekend how long they did it until she was impeached i mean that's some fascinating stuff yeah. now we're on a whole we should we, we should have an episode about that yeah now it's actually yeah. about time we we start getting to 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 our uh interview so absolutely you know, let's go through i'm that. excited <laughs> let's throw to that now and now with us is kim yu jung um a phd student in the department of anthropology at john hopkins university in baltimore maryland uh jeju native and a former researcher and a coordinator coordinator at jeju 43 <laughs> research Institute uh, here today to talk to us about what's going on with 4.3, her work, and a recent article that she's had published in uh, Radical History Review, which we'll link to so everybody can have a look at that. It's called Silent Wounds of Jeju 4.3. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me here, really. How is everything in Maryland? 
Well, things are getting better in terms of COVID, especially, you know, people mm-hmm. have been vaccinated, including myself. I'm so lucky. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm jealous. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yujun, yeah. Baltimore is one of my favorite uh, cities. I used to live in uh, the D.C. area and I would come into Baltimore Baltimore a lot. I, I just oh, love wow. the um, the water. What is the water area called? You know um, where their aquarium is? Yeah, the Inner Harbor. The Inner Harbor. I just I yeah. love it so much there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's I, beautiful there too, like with, yeah. with all this like shift and beautiful mm-hmm. buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very artsy. I it find. is very artsy. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been in years and years and years, but it's one of my favorite. How long have you lived there? Now it's getting two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you were living on Jeju and then you moved working at the Institute and then you moved to, to Baltimore to pursue your PhD. That's correct, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was born and grew up on Jeju until my high school, and then I left uh, for my, you know, university mm. to uh, uh, Australia and the UK, and then now I'm here for my PhD. Mm. That's exciting. When's the last time you've been home to Jeju? Yeah, that was two years ago when I was working okay. at uh, Jeju Sasan. Okay. okay, okay, yeah. Uh, which is how we became acquainted with one another. Exactly. Because I would send her annoying questions to check things. <laughs> oh, no, you were not. Yeah. I'm, I'm but, really excited to have you on, Yujung. I think, yeah, your article is really interesting. And I'm I'm not as smart as you two, so oh, I, I'm true. slowly getting educated on this, and uh, it's really fascinating. So, Thank you so much. Yeah. Would you mind quickly summarizing your article? Which is already a summarization of a presentation you gave, right? Um, which, which presentation you mean? Uh, your it's your article in Silent Wounds of Jeju Four Three. Is it uh-huh. not a summarization of a larger project you worked on? No, no, no. Oh. Oh, I no. I don't think so. Oh. But uh, I hope it will be part in somehow because you know he mm. is a long way to go and, <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah i have too many things to uh have to consider mm-hmm. but uh, for this article um i try to discuss the ways in which the violence of jeju sasam mm. marks everyday lives of jeju islanders um i do it through the story of kominja who went through jeju sasam when she was a child mm. Um, she lost her father, was shot to death uh, on a beach in Hamdok. And I didn't mention in the article, but her sister fled to Japan because of the fear that she would get killed too. Uh, Minja's tragedy, though, did not end there. Um, later on, she got married to a man whose kinship is also marked by, by, by the violence. Um, he lost both of his parents too during wow. Jeju Sasam and whenever he got drunk, uh, which he frequently did, he would throw things at her or shout at her saying, um, do you understand my feelings? As wow. you know, he has lived with these uh, painful memories of Sasam since his childhood as well. Mm-hmm. So Minja as, as a daughter and, and as a wife and all, you know, with all these uh, multiple relationships that she's in, lives a life deeply interweaved with the traces of the violence, which are there, but um, intrigue sharp pain when they are touched. Mm-hmm. So for Minja, these memories of Sasam are so burdensome that outside responses further inflict uh, suffering on her. For example, mm-hmm. the comm- commemorative ceremony at the Jeju Sasam Memorial Park, you know, organized in April every year, does not fully concern her pain either because 
It does not capture her intimate relations to the souls of the deceased, her ancestors. Um, her life, I, I say in the article, I argue that her life is filled with uh, these reverberations of suffering, the echoes of sufferings, to use my advisor's term, um, echoed by the violence of Sasan in her everyday life. <laughs> Those are beautiful words, the echoes of suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was one of the things I thought was interesting was the fact that she rejected mm -hmm. the memorial service, right? Because everybody talks about it, like Moon Jae-in comes down for it. It's supposed to be that 10,000 people show up mm -hmm. for it. And then, and so you have this image of like reconciliation as JJ likes to promote, right? And then <laughs> it's, it may not, it's not the case for everyone, you know? It's very interesting. Now, why did you pick, like, I've speak, spoken to many Sasam, well, some Sasam survivors, and everyone's story is worthy to be written down. Like, you can write, yeah. it's awful what all these people went through. Why did you pick, how did you pick her, and why her, to focus the entire article around? Yeah, so uh, I came across with her words, or her testimony, as such, in, in this volume, uh, that contains so many uh, uh, testimonies from the survivors uh, across villages on Jeju Island. Um, and this volume uh, was part of uh, a thousand testimony collection project, which uh, the Jeju Sasan Research Institute conducted for five years in, in uh, five years between 2004 and eight, if I remember it correctly. Wow. And, and I was going through it, and uh, as you could see in the volumes, but the majority of the testimonies are done by males. And the story of Minja is, came to me, in, uh, appealed to me in particular because, you know, it's a story of a woman. And also, as I went through the narrative, I found she uses uh, different words when she uh, refers to the violence. For example, she, sometimes she calls it riot, sometimes she calls just Sasam, sometimes she calls it massacre, and etc. There was no kind of settled expression yeah. of words that she used uh, when she called violence. Oh, that's interesting. Like you were saying in the article, right? Like there's no, you, you kind of start off with talking about the title, like Jeju Sasam, and saying none of those fully encapsulate the feel, the, what it was for the individuals. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, right. That... Yeah. So, um, so in this article, uh, you know, I try to give a sense of a story that is lived. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no one has lived this big uh, history narrative that, for example, you know, Jeju Sasan began with a demonstration on the, the demonstration that celebrates the independence movement on March 1st in mm -hmm. 1948 and the violence, you know, quote unquote, ended on September 27, 1954, right, when the regulations mm. were entering uh, the mountain Hala were lifted. You know, no one has lived that story, but people live with their particular historical narratives, you know, mm. in which the relations, everyday relations are embedded. I think I wanted to stress that. And uh, in regards to these uh, words or in a, inadequate words that could uh, express the suffering of the victims or, 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 or of those who experience the violence, um, you know, Jeju Sasam has never been given a proper name. Someone might say Sasam itself is a name, 
but um, while I, I agree to it to some extent, it has never been a proper name. When we say Jeju Sasam, mm. we use Arabic numbers, you know, 4.3. Mm. Right. Uh, sometimes in, in English, you call it April 3rd too, you know, not Sasam in Korean letters with Shiob, Ah, <laughs> etc. Uh. Right? But I try to do that in my article with alphabets uh, using S-A-S-A-M uh-huh. purposefully. Um, uh, so I, I try to treat it as a noun because I do think this word means something. Um, although, you know, there have been efforts to go this balance, as, you know, you have already discussed in your previous podcast, such as, you know, a rising, mm. a massacre, a riot, and etc. But as in Minja's story, no single word has been able to fully express yeah. what she underwent. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, again, if we read Minja's words carefully, as I mentioned just now, Minja uses all these words. Mm-hmm. Except rising when, when she refers to the violence or she calls it Hasam. So um, I am aware that the historical efforts to define what Hasam is or the name the violence are still ongoing you know, by a number of activists and historians. Um, and I think all these, all these ongoing efforts effort, uh, show the contested names of the violence. So, do you have an do you have a preference for what you'd want to um, be calling? Yeah, I mean, it's not like I have a preference to one word mm. as such. Um means remember, yeah, uh <laughs> our conversation before uh-huh. I left to the US, right? Yeah. Uh about this like uh massacre or uh-huh. rising and etc. I mean, this it is not that uh you know, massacre is a wrong word. Uh-huh. Um, it is more towards that if we just name the violence as a massacre, um, the historical emphasis uh, can be put on the suppression right. by the government forces. Mm-hmm. And then the reasons why the Jeju Islanders did not participate in the Bayton election or, or the reasons why they began the uprising on April 3rd could be neglected. Mm-hmm. But we cannot call just, you know, we cannot just call the violence as rising either, I think, because right. then we might disregard the violence that was actually conducted by the resistant mm. group yeah. or the suppression that Jeju Islanders underwent because of, you know, um, of the government forces. And um, sometimes, you know, we, uh, we, we call the violence as April 3rd, massacre and rising. But I don't think it's just massacre and rising either, because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even by looking at Minja's story, we see the ways in which the violence is still lived. They are still with us, and right. it is so hard to find a word that encompasses all experiences. So now I'm thinking that these uh, incompleteness that sasam, the word sasam, mm-hmm. uh, not not the uh, the numeric figures, but the Ooh. alphabet. Or, mm. or sasam as in Korean words, mm. entails actually um, open up spaces for multiple interpretations, interpretations mm-hmm. of people's experiences. Um, recently, uh, Mr. Kim Jong-min, a local historian, has mentioned uh, sasam is a unification movement, like people's protests for unification. It's something 
on my mind too. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would like to discuss it further with him mm-hmm. when I get a chance. Yeah, yeah Br- and I'm back there. We talked to Is Brandon he- before, and he was kind of against the idea of just not against it right. wholeheartedly, but he said that it overlooks the local issues when you just mm-hmm. work on the look at the national aspect of it, right? So I, it's it's such a complicated thing that happened. It really on, is. On Jeju. Mm. Such a complicated is there, thing. Is there, Yu Jung, um, you know, Daryl just asked you if there was a name that you particularly, you know, sticks out. But is this a discussion that gets had amongst uh, the locals and amongst the scholars and amongst the researchers? Is this an ongoing conversation you guys have together? Yeah, uh, actually, this has been ongoing uh, um, uh, since, since the the. the beginning of the Sasan movement, okay. I, I assume. So four decades after the uh, the conduct of the violence by the government forces, the mm-hmm. state uh, called it uh, as a communist riot. I mean, that that's their kind of a justification for right. the, the conduct of violence on right. the island. Um, it, uh, and even still now, like we hear the term from uh, right-wing uh, political parties or other peoples who are who share uh, those political ideologies uh, uh, conceive this uh, in, uh, event or incident as 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 um, as a ra- communist riot. But then in late eighties, uh, with this uh, uh, the emerging. Uh, uh, demonstrations across the nation against, you know, the government, the, the democracy movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Sasam uh, began to be again, discussed, yeah, dis- okay. discussed mm-hmm. by the activists too, and then um, there were some discussions that uh, we should call it Hangzheng, uh, the riot, oh, okay. or we should also frame it as Haksal, um, um, you know, to. Massacre. Yeah, to acknowledge the the state violence, mm-hmm. you know, which uh, in the end led to the official apology, right, mm-hmm. in in two thousand three by Nomuyan, President Nomuyan, um, and and still though, I mean, the the investigation reports that came uh, out after that, uh, as you know, defines it as an incident. Mm-hmm. Because of yes. the legality that has to, uh, you know, frame the compensation and etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but many scholars and activists are still, you know, against it because they this term does not suit the experiences no. of people. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned in my article too, you do, you know, the unnamed monument that is uh, located at Jeju Sasam mm-hmm. uh, Park. Um, think that also expresses as a symbol the contested discussions and unending okay. uh, yeah um, discourses around Sasam. It's the first thing you see at the museum. It's really yeah. powerful. Yeah, exactly. when you it's very enter. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to explain the conversation we had, we went out for lunch one day and uh Yu Jung sat me down and said, Daryl, why do you call it the Jeju Massacre? <laughs> and, and I was very taken back. I was like uh, well, because I want to side with the <laughs> victims, those who were, and she's like, well, what did you say? What, what did you tell me? What, what you said? I, I don't, I actually don't remember what I asked. <laughs> oh, no, I remember very distinctly. 
She schooled you, Daryl, huh? Yeah, well, and, and rightfully so, because she said yeah. that uh, focusing on the massacre, if you don't remember, I, I remember vividly you said that it makes the Jeju citizens seem like victims and only victims, which is not mm. the case. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's a couple of really, we, we're running out of time, unfortunately. This is a fascinating com- conversation because there's so much stuff, the feminism so much. of your article right? The feminism aspects of your article are something that we need to talk more about. The masculinism, which is a word I didn't really know, of the four three <laughs> testimonies, and how yep. the women of Jade rebuilt the villages. Can you talk about that a bit? Yes. Yeah. So, well, I don't think it's just a testimony where this masculinism mm-hmm. unfolds, you know, in constructing the history of Satam. You know, for example, in thinking about the rising of Satam, uh, you know, we, we discussed the work of Kim Dae-sam or Idoku, yeah. the main figures of the resistance group. But uh, we do not give the same amount of attention to those who functioned as selves cells of the group, uh, they were called at the time like that, who were uh, mostly messengers uh, or women who supported their work in many ways. Right. And also when we go to a village to listen to the experiences of Satam, uh, we find it is mostly men who we get to talk to, who yes. provides a narrative of what happened in the village. And I'm not saying here, you know, their work or their stories are not valuable, but I'm pointing out you know, women's, his, women's stories are relatively subsided, although the violence has affected all of them without discrimination. Mm-hmm. And again, um, when we, we uh, when uh, discussing uh, women's efforts to rebuild the villages, again, like I think we should uh, look at particular and multiple experiences of women. Um, and I think they did what they could do at the time to live a life or even to survive a day mm-hmm. or to feed their children. It is not that they decided that by this date we're going to finish reconstructing a village. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here and there, little by little, they found what they could handle. For example, some women restored a shrine, Haimangdang, uh, the community shrine, where uh, they recultivated of their farm to grow vegetables or crops, where they continued their diving mm. voyages as sea mm. divers, or uh, console, console the souls uh, of the deceased through rituals uh, with shamans, shinbang. And all these acts are part of the everyday life. You know, all these acts are part of the actions that we undertake in our everyday life to live a life Mm. Um, not like a project that was systemically pre-planned for people to take a necessity. Mm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's fascinating. fascinating. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't realize you, you never hear about women being involved in the, the resistance, right. With Kim right. Dal Sam. I never really, I don't think it's mentioned in the books, in the books that are behind me. Uh, mm. not that I can think of yeah. it. Yeah. So if you find, if you, a chance you could find a book on Kim Dong-il. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was written by uh, another local historian, uh, Kim Chang-ho, at the Jeju Sosan Research Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, he met this woman uh, who uh, who was involved in this resistance group as a cell uh, and who 
leave, who went to Japan after what happened in Jeju, and um, he, you know, interviewed her for a number of times, and then he uh, transcribed the interviews wow. in the book. Yeah. That's amazing. I, if only it was my Korean was a little bit better, so I wouldn't take forever yeah. to read. I'm to a very through, slow. Yeah. I'm a very slow reader in Korean, unfortunately, and I don't have a lot of vocabulary. Um, but and maybe 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 someone can translate that into English. That would be super helpful. Uh, yeah, it's the work of uh, young scholars and activists <laughs> <laughs> in future, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Your to-do list is getting longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you currently working on when it comes to yeah. four three? Yeah, um, I'm right now looking at the U.S. military documents. Uh, um, to examine the US, U.S. occupation on Jeju Island uh, during, during the period. So mm -hmm. I'm uh, looking at the, the documents that were produced uh, at the time, like between 1947 and 1954, mm -hmm. and to see how yeah, Jeju Island was positioned under the context of the Korean War mm -hmm. right. and how U.S. archive kind of what kind of perspective that U.S. archive uh, has on on this particular incident of Jeju? So mm -hmm. that's a project, it, eh? Yeah. yeah, it is a project. That, yeah. <laughs> wow. So is America responsible then? Uh oh. Well, gotten to the big I, questions here, Yujung. You got thirty seconds. Go. <laughs> well, to simply put, I think they do. Mm -hmm. I okay. think they do. But in the documents, unfortunately, that I have. Uh, do not evidence that yeah. uh, that it doesn't have a direct evidence. However, I do see their efforts constantly distancing themselves from engaging the violence. Yes. Uh, for example, by uh, portraying portraying or making the police as legitimate pol uh, authority to handle the violence. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something that you know we. We, I mean, all means like scholars and activists of Sasam are looking uh, to to make uh, proof or make an evidence. Yeah, when when I speak to people about that, uh, like not academics or journalists, they always want us to say America is responsible for it, but mm -hmm. we can't definitively do that until there's a document or something that says they ordered. Uh, right the scorched earth operation or they ordered the uh the quarantine or something like that mm -hmm. but we we right. don't have any there is no proof of that yet i mean there i'm sure there is evidence it's just we haven't Found been able it. to find it mm -hmm. and you know the u.s imperial imperialism is not you know on jeju it's, it's across the asia pacific <laughs> and across the world too mm -hmm. it's and nothing it's new not, yeah <laughs> Not just Jeju Sasam mm -hmm. that you know U.S. is responsible for. I'm sure if we look at the other histories, um, I think it's more like an against. I, mean, I think we should just uh, call it uh, call the violence against humanity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for for this uh, the massacres and and violence that took undertook. Uh, in the context of Cold War. I think that's interesting that you were saying that, that, you know, that you haven't found the evidence. You know, I've gone to the 
four three piece museum several times and I find the wording that they use is a very it seems very carefully worded um you know on the posters or you, you know what I mean like the the um oh my gosh my brain just turned off but you know on the, on the plaques and things like that I, when I read it the first time I was like that you know like it wasn't I just remember clearly because I didn't know anything I I, I just was like I want to go learn about this you know island that I'm living on and I remember very clearly reading something and being like that seemed very carefully worded mm. about mm. the American involvement. Mm. Like it seemed when I read it, I was like that clearly people took some time to write that very carefully. Yeah, out. yeah, definitely. It's still such a contested issue right now, even right. in the politics of Korea, you know, uh, as a country, we do have also a strong uh, uh, relation with, with the U S right. Mm -hmm. Diplomatically or into mm -hmm. a relationally, And it's, uh, yeah, sure. In 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 the museum, um, the words or description mm -hmm. has to be carefully chosen <clears throat> to to yep. uh, mm -hmm. describe what had happened. Well, right. Time. Look at how people argue against the naval base and against the air, the second airport. Mm -hmm. Right? They call mm -hmm. it uh, a, another four three. They 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 mm -hmm. use the naval base, saying it would be an American naval base. And this would just be like another occupation of America, like yep. four three was. So mm -hmm. it's 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 still like it's definitely in the memories of the Jeju locals for sure. Yeah. It's just not in the memories or per se, but the militarization of mm -hmm. the island, I think is still ongoing, not just on here on Jeju, but you know, on Guam on Okinawa, yep. and all these islands uh, that strategically maybe are uh, effective for, for the military. I yep. think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, and seeing what's going on with China and the states, the hostilities there, well, who knows? It, it may get, it may be get got, get worse, right? You know, South China Sea is becoming a hot issue, uh, like a tinderbox almost. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully, knock on wood, that you know everyone stays safe and we don't. We don't have to worry about that. But Escalate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being. I wish we had more time. Amazing. It's been really yeah. Maybe you time. can come on again sometime. Hey. Yeah. Well, I'm. I plan to uh, visit Jeju this summer, so I hope to Yay! see you. Yeah. Oh, that would be wonderful. It'd be <laughs> nice to visit you. Yeah. yeah. This was really. Yeah. I. I found in your article, your your voice is very. Um. Your. You know the way you write is very. Uh. Easy to understand and and. Uh, oh, I don't know the right way to say this. I just. Mm. It, this is such a hard subject. You know, like it, it, it goes on and on and on. The education never mm. stops. But for people that are interested in learning more and, and having a personal touch, I just find your writing, I just, it was really, really good. So I really appreciate you taking the time to write that mm -hmm. and then to Thank come onto the podcast. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And you please look at other articles in the series. Uh, mm -hmm. Other uh, activists and scholars have put okay. their thoughts on there too. Mm -hmm. And they're so wonderful. Oh, I should yeah. explain. It was like, it's a whole series of articles that the Radical History Review published about 4-3. They even have Hung Ki Young, uh, the, 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 the writer of the, Aunt Suni, Suni Samchong. He wrote something right. for it. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it's all thanks to uh, Professor Kristen Hong at, at the University of Santa Cruz, who organized all this series with the activists and scholars from Jeju and also Jeju diaspora, including uh, Jin Jin Kaisen, wow. Dohi Lin, and also the historian uh, Kim Jong Min, and mm. also other activists. Um, wow, okay. Please yeah. have a look.
It's about 10, 10 articles, I think, 10 or a dozen articles. It's about eight, yeah, eight articles. Eight articles? Not the same size. <laughs> we'll make we'll sure to link that for our, the listeners, hey? Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I was going to direct people. Yeah, please, mm-hmm. if you have a time, go read, start off with Yu Jong's article and then go go to all the others. But make sure you get Yu Jong's first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. So that was uh, Kim Yu Jung. Um, fantastic article, fantastic interview. Really, really good. She so well. So I, I'm I am learning so much uh, on the, just being a host of this podcast. It's absolutely fascinating uh, the amount of work and time these scholars put into studying and and educating us and sharing information with us. Uh, it, that was fascinating, fascinating interview. Yeah, and to learn the about women being part of the resistance, right? Exactly. Like, like that often gets. The resistance itself often gets overlooked because they want to focus on the state violence, but they're responsible for uh, like 10% of the deaths. I believe Mm -hmm. that's a number and to know that women were a part of it. And to, and the, and how, how much women rebuilt this Island. Um, you know, I mean, just, it's, it's nice Mm -hmm. to have a, like you said earlier in the interview, you know, like the female perspective Mm -hmm. on that. And then, and the reason she chose her, that woman as her subject. I mean, it's just really important that Mm -hmm. things like this, uh, articles like this, discussions like this are, are being had Mm -hmm. and all perspectives can be shared. Yeah. And, and JJ was known for having like, Three plenty strong women, strong women right? Yep. You know, Henyo and all that stuff. So it's yep. it's really important that we get that as part yeah. of the conversation when we start talking about society. Agreed, agreed. Right. So Daryl, Daryl will for all you listeners, Daryl will make sure to share all those links, and I hope that we can get some attention to that because yeah. uh, really, really good article to read. And yeah. I'm now I'm really interested in reading the other ones. I didn't realize it was a series. I don't know how. Mm. Yeah, I, I I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not I wasn't familiar with the, the Radical History Review before uh, right. I came across her article. Um, so yeah, we'll share that around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, that's been another episode yep. of me, you and Jeju. Thank you all for listening. The support's been great. Thank you. If you, subscribe, please, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, subscribe, leave a review, hit that all like button, stuff. smash it. <laughs> if you prefer, uh, tell, tell your friends and family, you know, to, to, to listen. Uh, and you know, so music is of course. Jason, Lis- Jason Lisko. Jason Lisko. Our art is by Sarah Hodgkiss. My wonderful co-host, Alexis Ostrello. How do I pronounce your last name? <laughs> oh, oh, you, we should know this. Osterly. Osterly. Yeah, I yeah. said Osterly. You can just Alexis Joy is best. Oh, Alexis Joy. Comes out of the mouth a little bit easier. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> Daryl Coot. And until next time, be me, you, in Jeju. Ciao.